Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the New X books in the X-Men Dawn of X line. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the so much more focus, so much more just like the energy flowing off you. It's just like this energy. I love it. You mother, it's over for you, motherfuckers. That's right. Your medicated friend is here. You are loud on my end. Good. I'll edit this. <laughs> I'm the one editing it. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Josh and I'm medicated. <laughs> and so, I'm yeah, medicated. I am feeling focused. I am feeling good. I'm sober. All right. Well, we have a few books to talk about, but in our tradition, our new tradition of talking about WandaVision, let's talk about the finale of WandaVision because I have some thoughts. So I remember I watched The Mandalorian before you did. And then when you got to the finale, I remember you didn't like it. Nope. Didn't like The Mandalorian finale. And I loved it. And then I am mixed, but more so positive with the WandaVision finale. And you seem to... I fucking hate that finale. Why? The more I think about it, the more I'm just so disappointed like okay. like if i if if it didn't start so promising mm-hmm. i think i would have just been like that was fine that was fine but like it had so much potential it was changing the genre it was bending the way we think about superheroes and superhero yeah. movies and film and, and tv and then it ends exactly exactly like we said we did not want it to beams in the sky motherfuckers in the sky shooting lasers at each other so i 100 percent agree with you on that i feel like it's a it's a story of two separate things because on one side it did two things i fucking hated but on the other side it nailed it on the emotional impact of wanda and vision i will give you that i will as much as i hated this episode where it did deliver is those final moments spoilers 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 um those final moments as her reality is ending i almost cried i i did i did get watery i think i'm i'm like i did i admit that was very emotional and very sad and and just incredibly well acted and well delivered but everything else did not (laughs) That did not make up for the shit that was everything else. I think there shouldn't have been two more episodes instead of one more episode. Because, sure. like, where did Darcy go? Where did Jimmy Woo go? Like, they just weren't there anymore. They had no play in the finale after being what? a big part of the show. Can you explain to me exactly why the, um, the head of she- uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was arrested? Okay, so here's my joke I've been telling Jess, and she doesn't agree with me. And it's a uh, sword. But Sword. my bad. Yeah, yeah. Throughout this entire show, after finishing it now, when you put everything out on paper, Agatha and the head of Sword did absolutely nothing wrong. I, yeah. So let's break it down real quick. The head I of know. Haywood, hey I believe. Haywood, when you put it out, the only thing he did was lie to Monica about vision. But technically, other people, obviously in the agency, knew the truth. Yes. The head of the agency. So he yes. can lie to whoever the fuck he wants to lie to. Yeah. And then the only, immor- like, he was being immoral. He was being a dick, but nothing yeah. illegal. 
I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I agree with anything he yeah, did. He's an asshole for sure. But he, but it was within the powers that were vested in him from yeah. this make believe world. Like, and the only people he tried to kill were on paper two people who don't exist. Yeah, and two people, two children that were attacking his men. Yes. So on that note, he didn't do a damn thing wrong. No. And then on they, the same side, Agatha. When you look at Agatha's past now and you know everything that happened, even in the past, she killed her coven. Well, they also tried to kill her in the first yes. place. Mm-hmm. After she said, all I want to do is learn more. What's wrong with that? Yeah. She tried to kill her and she defended herself. Yes. Then she saw what Wanda did and wanted to see what this mystery witch is doing. Yes. She manipulated situations to find out if this witch could do these things. And then when she found out she's the Scarlet Witch, the destroyer of the world, I can take your power so you don't destroy the world. Yes. She was trying to save the world. And the only people she actually threatened were two kids who don't exist. Who don't exist. And who are probably partially part of Mephisto or something. So like <laughs> those two bad guys in the show, I use quotations for that, didn't do any. Wanda is really the only villain. Wanda of- is the only villain. Here. And also, I think she's going to end up being the villain of uh, Doctor Strange too. I hope so, because she's the villain of this show, too. Yes. So um, I, I agree on that note. And also, my biggest pet peeve, I don't like that some fans had all these expectations. We theorized on here, you know, yeah, yeah. Mutants, uh, you know, Dr. Strange. Oh, and, oh. No, no, yeah, I'm getting to that. So oh. all these things that fans brought up. Oh, um, maybe the Fantastic Four are Monica's friend, who aerospace scientists, all this stuff. We did that to ourselves. We theorized. Yeah. But... There is one massive, especially this in context of this show, one massive fucking bait and switch. If you use the actor who played Quicksilver and then make us feel dumb for feeling like he's going to end up being the, that same Quicksilver and his name is just Ralph Boner and then he laughs at his own name and, and that character Ralph has almost the same room as Quicksilver had in Days of Future Past and there's an actual Baltimore hockey team jersey on the on the wall and baltimore mm-hmm. is where quicksilver is from in that movie that's where they go to to find quicksilver so if there's no payoff for that later on if we don't see him again we never see evan peters again fuck you fuck marvel all right that's some bullshit that, you, i can't when that when that happened i was like you have to be fucking kidding me right now was i almost turned it off that was absolutely insane that was the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my life and it better be somebody manipulating it to to cover that up so that like he and monica didn't know like there better be some other what i'm really really hoping it's a doctor strange plant and like we didn't really see his reaction after she took the necklace off we didn't see what he was going to say or do he kind of just begged for his life didn't he didn't he be like no no don't hurt me did he? I don't remember. Yeah, he kind of like just got all whimpery and shit. Like, like okay, he, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, maybe that, yeah. Because after that, like, he acts like Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. <laughs> he but he was like never, him. he was always a little different from the Quicksilver from the Marvel universe. And he was also like, like, 
the whole like Quicksilver from the Marvel Universe wouldn't have held Monica hostage to begin with. Like, you know what I mean? Like well, that was the whole Agatha control. That's why. I yes, saying. sure. But like, but now but his personality felt like the Quicksilver that we met in Days of Future Past. Yes, especially at first, for sure. So I don't know. That really pissed me off when that the, reveal happened. And why that, do you have a headshot? Why do you have a headshot in his house? Because I think they were saying that he was like an actor like she hired an actor to come in to play that part that agatha found an actor and brought them in is what i took away from that that makes even less sense i know i don't understand or he lived there like he already lived there and he happened to be an actor and she used him like i don't kind of assumed but then like why wouldn't why wouldn't after that i think it was the fourth episode when sword broke down everyone in the in the neighborhood mm -hmm. like why wasn't he included on the wall then when you saw him? Yeah, I don't. It, it, that blew my mind. So that's to me my biggest because I can I can get over the that the regular Marvel finale of beams, but like that was felt insulting. Like I'm one of the people that love Iron Man 3, and I didn't care about the Mandarin twist. I thought it was fine, like I thought it was kind of clever. But you did, as a company, see people get mad at that twist, at that bait and switch. And then you're just going to do this. That's going to make people even more mad. Because no one really, I don't care who you are, no one really gives a shit about the Mandarin. But people do give a shit about Quicksilver. <laughs> and people give a shit about that Quicksilver, especially. Yeah. So that was really weird. And when it comes to the beams in the sky and a, a hero fighting a villain with the same powers... There are things they did with it that I liked. Like, I love the moment between Vision and Vision with the whole, wait a minute, let's stop fighting. Yeah. Who's the real Vision? Like, if a robot fights a robot, defeating them with um, with actual logic. With logic, yeah. Awesome. That's great. That was that was funny. Sure. It was fine. Well, it had, a, it had an important resolution because then he gave him back his memories. Yes. It, like at that. least there was something from it. Yeah, yeah you're right. It, um, also, Scarlet Witch's outfit doesn't look good that oh. headpiece i don't think that headpiece looks good in real life i'm fine with it actually from pictures it looks like it's made out of michael fassbender's magneto costume it it does look a little bit like i did get that vibe too that it was very magnet like uh fox universe magneto look at magneto's costume from mm -hmm. apocalypse yeah like that looks like almost like you just took those clothes and like just mm -hmm. ripped up a few pieces and made her a costume yeah didn't like, care I for like it. the origin of it, like her being the Scarlet Witch, like almost like Hellboy's destiny to destroy yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. And I could, see, yeah. I could see her being a villain for Doctor Strange 2, trying to save her kids wherever they are, if they're in yeah. hell, mm -hmm. dimension. And she has good intentions, but Doctor Strange is like, hey, you're destroying the multiverse. Like, yeah, you're, fuck you're fucking around. And it, they particularly said in the episode that she is stronger than whoever the Sorcerer Supreme is. Mm -hmm. So they did. all they that is happening. But then you, one of my pet peeves with Doctor Strange, the actual film, and that's something they fixed in Infinity War. I don't want to see a magician just shoot energy beams. Like if this is if you have all the magic and special effects you can use, yeah. what happened in Infinity War? Uh, Thanos shoots a beam and Doctor Strange turned into butterflies yeah. and then a million arms and then made clones and did like mm -hmm. get fucking creative. Yeah. Me, this well, I will say it for in their defense. In the Doctor Strange movie, he literally just learned how to use the power. Yes. You know? So, but like, Agatha's he was old. 
No, that I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for the yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no Agatha, like, no, Agatha is old enough to have noticed that she was getting played. The whole thing was stupid. The laser fight was stupid. It, it, it the the red versus purple was like this, the fuck Power Rangers bullshit is this? The Actually, fuck is more like um, someone said online. I felt like watching a Dragon Ball Z fight. Right, like, is I forgot how to pronounce the the. Saiyan, Saiyan. That's what I was gonna try well, to Saiyan, say. Super Saiyan, Saiyan. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say, but I was like, I'm not gonna mispronounce it, so I went with Power Rangers. Yeah, which is far off. So, uh, <laughs> whatever, dude. Hey guys, by the way, I have a Power Ranger YouTube channel where I review uh, comic books and Power Rangers and action figures. Anyway, continue. See, that was what it was. It was just a setup for that. Oh, um, today's episode is sponsored by Nick's other podcast, the Black Ranger Review. Come check out my videos because no one else is. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. I really, really was disappointed by it. It was saved to me by the emotion between Wanda and Vision. And especially that ending, the whole ending was really well done. But like I said before, wait, where what happened? Darcy had one scene and then Jimmy Woo had like two scenes. Like Monica got her scenes for sure. And they're definitely building her up for Captain Marvel too. Yeah. I like Monica's character so far. I think there's some cool stuff they can do with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm digging that. For anyone who doesn't know, like in the comics, she had like three different personas. She was Photon, she was Spectrum, and at one point she was Miss Marvel before Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel. I think yeah. I think she became Miss Marvel while Carol Danvers was binary in the X-Men. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, sure. Yeah. Because I know I like I didn't pay attention to the outside of X-Men, but yeah. I think that's what it binary, was. Binary, yeah. Captain Marvel became binary in an X-Men book. Yeah. So if I was like, if I was given this one X's, this, this finale X's, I would give it two X's. Compared to the rest of the season, I would give like five X's. Yeah, I, I give it one X, and because of it, I give the series like three X's at this point. Oh, wow. I was, I, it, it really like, it just, there is no pay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, why would I want to watch this? It's like Game of Thrones to me. Like, why would I want to watch this again? You know, like, I know the pay, like all this setup, I know there's no payoff. So what the fuck am I going to watch this for? That always blew my mind because Game of Thrones was the biggest show for like, what, eight years, nine uh-huh. years. And then like the moment the f- last season, not in the last season, but the last like three episodes happened, it just dropped out yeah. of the social zeitgeist. Like yeah. no one talks about Game of Thrones. No, it, because they, wild. that's how bad they fucked up. That's how bad they fucked up that everyone was like, you know what? I'm done. Basically, like it was so weird because like people still talk about Sopranos and Breaking Bad and people rewatch like people talk about Breaking Bad now like it's still a new show. I know it's and so people annoying. talk about rewatching it and it's a, almost a perfect show. But when you have Game of Thrones, you can watch that and go, "Man, this is perfect." And then you get to like around <laughs> the final, the long winter night and stuff like that, where you can't even see the fight because it's pitch black. Like then you're getting like, "Wait, what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> what's happening?" Yeah, it, it's it's the worst. Um, but yeah, one division really disappointed. I still give it four X's because it's very creative and it what it stayed at least it stayed. They 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 showed restraint and like trying to expand it in the wider Marvel universe, but instead keeping it about Wanda and Vision. And yes, they did. I, I appreciate that. It was still about grief and dealing with your grief, but like man there should have been more repercussions for wanda i get like you can't really do anything to her because like she's a god now yeah but like when she was just walking out of the town and everyone's glaring at her i'm like yeah you should be ashamed you were like yeah you held those people hostage 
and they said they felt her grief and they yes. wanted to die. They were asking her to let them die. Yes. The mom from that 70s show is asking you to kill her. So, Anya just wanted to go see her children. That was fucked. That means her kid was just stuck in her room this whole, what, month or whatever it's I been? Guess. That was really dark when she's like, just let my kid leave her, leave her room. Like, yeah. that was really fucked. But um, yeah, so that's our review of WandaVision. And in two weeks starts uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, which we I'm won't excited talk about for that. here. I'm very excited for that. Leads me to my new announcement. Oh, okay, is- yeah. What is this fucking thing that you keep telling me that I need to wait for this o- my own episode to listen to? What? What? I am getting ready to start a new YouTube channel where I talk about the MCU. I am going to review every single movie once a week. I'm going to review every episode of the new shows coming out. I'm going to do a big review for WandaVision. I'm nice. actually putting a little a little more effort and uh, even a little money into some uh, camera work and lighting, and I'm going to have some stuff going on. Nice. So if you guys want to watch that, it's called The MCU Guy. Yeah, I thought that would be taken. It wasn't. MCU Guy, like G-U-Y? Is yeah. that what you Okay. I'm shocked that name wasn't taken, the MCU guy. If you look that up, there's no video on there yet. I'm still working on some artwork for the page, and I'm going to post a video probably this week. My first cool. video will drop this week. And if you guys want to subscribe, that would be awesome. And I'm yeah. gonna, if you want to hear all my fun opinions, I'm going to do movie reviews, episode reviews, some unboxing for MCU-related merchandise and stuff like that. So that's, that's awesome. That's I'll check opinion. that out too. What? So are you gonna, um, you're going to start from the beginning? Or like you're yeah. going to watch them in order or? Yeah, like this week's gonna be hopefully this week or maybe next week is gonna be uh, Iron Man one. I'm gonna I'm gonna break down reviews like how well it aged, mm-hmm. what it felt like when I first watched it, characters, side characters, and then like a final grade. And at the end of all of it, I'm gonna do like an actual new ranking to see if anything changed from my previous ranking. So are you gonna, so you're gonna start the series with your current ranking? Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Actually, I, I was thinking I I might not show my current ranking, but I'm just gonna put like at number one. Iron Man 1, and then like Hulk. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 1, still number 1. Hulk number 2, and like shift things as it goes. I think for transparency's sake, you should show what your list is now and then how it changes later. I mean, it's, I it's, your show. it's your show. It's your show. I live my fucking life and I'll do what I think. Oh, no. no that's a good idea. I, probably, I might do that. Maybe my intro video, I'll do that, actually. Yeah, I think that would be a good teaser. That would be a good yeah. teaser episode. So that's what I'm doing this week when I catch my sanity. Nice. Well, let me know how catching your sanity goes. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so on to our... Actually, before we get to that, we did have a very, very nice review. Yeah, man. From a great fan. Do you want to read that one? Yeah, let me pull it up. This pull was... it up. In the meantime, we like all our fans to leave awesome reviews and, and ratings. And remember, either five stars or get the fuck out the door and give us one star. There's no room for middle ground here, all right? We are not nice people. So five stars and a review. So speaking of five stars, our and... friend Socrates Dissatisfied love the name left us a five-star review um yeah i I feel like honestly i feel like if i read this it's just like patting us on on the back but we deserve it whatever all right fine i've been listening to this podcast since the beginning i discovered it when i randomly searched don of x in my podcast app and it's honestly one of my favorite podcasts i look forward to every episode i enjoy the fact that nick and josh are more laid back in their fandom and are not pedantic about comic book lore there are other podcasts for that sort of thing thankfully there are not a ton of arcane references that go over my head 
The conversations that Nick and Josh have are the kinds of conversations I would have with my friends about these books. It's a very fun and welcoming podcast for a newbie like me to the comic book world. Socrates to satisfy that like brought brought tears to my eyes when I when I discovered that today. Thank you so much for such kind words. Yeah, man. We had we both had kind of a shitty weekend or a shitty week in general. And reading that really kind of like got a little pep in our step a little bit to try a little harder today and not just like wing it like last episode. Anyway, so <laughs> last episode. You mean like the last 20 episodes? <laughs> you mean like all the episodes since the pandemic started (laughs) more or less yeah so if you guys want to be cool like socrates you should do the same thing yeah get on there and and leave us a a heartfelt message even if that heartfelt message is i hope these two people die (laughs) (laughs) one star no actually better yet five stars five stars (laughs) and i hope they die on mic five stars leave confusing reviews yes just yeah that would be so amazing shout out to the first person who leaves us a five-star hateful review (laughs) or a one-star or a one-star glowing review (laughs) anyway guys we're starting off with wolverine number nine so last time we talked about wolverine we both were very down about the book the last issue was like the big what was like 350th issue or something like that. Something, some bullshit. It, it sucked. It really sucked. This book is very, very weird for me because the book doesn't earn what it's doing in the issue, but no. the issue is good for me. It works yeah, for me. It's fine. It's it's a better it's issue than last week, but it's still not good. Like again, what I mean by doesn't earn it, we'll, we'll get into it more, but. So in our brief review of this book, it starts off with a flashback between um, Maverick, Wolverine, and Sabretooth and what they did when they were part of the Weapon X program and how they always get their mind wiped. My problem is this flashback should have happened like four issues ago and it builds to what we read. This book wants us to have the emotional impact at the end for something it didn't earn. It's something it just told us about. Like we don't know about this bond between Maverick and Wolverine. So... I'll continue. Um, after the flashback happens, you learn about Maverick and Wolverine making a deal to always be there for each other and kind of remind each other, even when their memories wiped, to kind of give each other like um, codes to remember something. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have like a, a phrase they use to like unlock the other other's brain or something like that. Yeah, and then we get a little more history between them about how they did that. Cut back, which this is one thing I do hate. I, I like when superheroes have like bad guy personas, but like it's fucking Wolverine. I think that's the point. It's like, come on, dude. Everyone knows it's you. What are you doing? I, I did assume that at the end, like we there's known the whole time, like you didn't fool anyone. And that's I the thing, then I like this issue a lot more. If everyone's playing Wolverine because they know it's fucking Wolverine, that's hilarious. So Wolverine goes to this secret uh, auction place, has to get scanned, kind of like the usual Wolverine jokes of like, I'm not carrying a weapon. I just had a lot of surgeries and this and that. Yeah. Um, they pat him down, bring him into the the what do you call it? auction house lost my words and this is a very special auction where they auction off material from superhero battles things superheroes have you see a few bad guys you immediately notice kingpin because he's huge yeah i thought that was pretty cool some of the items include a cyanide tooth from black widow uh captain america mask from when he was frozen uh spider-man's grave from the last hunt uh yeah that was pretty cool yeah, that was real. Uh, a, a goblin glider, like stuff like that. So fun little nifty things. 
Then we meet the guy who's doing the auction, and he brings out the two special items. One is Wolverine's hand with claw. And he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> I do I do like that Wolverine has a moment he's like, fuck. I guess there's probably parts of me all over the place, aren't there? <laughs> like, I don't I don't remember that shit. Like <laughs> and then he immediately crushes the glass. Which, yeah, good job with your cover, Wolverine. Yeah, glass immediately and- blows his cover because some lady has, like, database glasses that she pulls his face up in. Yeah, and then um, Kingpin gives him a little, like, hanker thing, which I'm like, okay, if anyone's going to know it's fucking Wolverine, yeah. it's Kingpin, who's definitely fought him at one point or another. Yes. Also, how did... So, how did this sever hand have adamantium claws? Yes, I was wondering. I mean, there's been situations like people have cut up Wolverine before. You sure, but like right when now. he grew his hand back, how did he grow it back with the adamantium? But well, also remember right now on Kokoa, they have to like redo everything when they bring him back. But they don't need to bring him back. He brings himself back. I don't think he's yeah, ever been brought died. back. When he dies, he has to be brought back by, you know, the Kokoan thing and then has to get metal put back in him. That's crazy. So if it's from this time period when he's been on Krakoa, it does make sense. But anything before it makes no sense. Yeah. You'd remember if your hand's missing <laughs> with the adamantium. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Wolverine would. He's 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 he lived, he's forgotten a lot of things in his life. It's kind of his. It's kind of his shtick. That's true. But the main event of this auction is, of course, Maverick. He is mind wiped, and he's a new assassin for anyone who needs him. And, and the then, best part is, as a mutant, he can go through the Krakoan gates. Yes. And then at the very end, um, the, the bidder has one more, per, one more prize for everyone. The auctioneer has one more prize for everyone after he's told that Wolverine's there. And he uses magnetic gloves to lift Wolverine, which makes sense. Yeah. And as he's about to be auctioned off, he gives Maverick the phrase they knew when they were younger. And he wakes up, and now it's Maverick and Wolverine versus everyone in this place. So my immediate thought when they captured Wolverine was, isn't that kind of a hot item to have right now? Because if you try and kidnap a mutant, every unified mutant's going to fucking attack you. Yeah. Especially Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not a good investment to no. kidnap a mutant right now because a sovereign nation is going to come down on you. Yeah. So Maverick kind of wakes up. He says, like, I don't know who you are, but like we're getting out of here. Yeah. And he says, that's a my boy. I, I yeah. love I love Wolverine. Also, I love that you just made him Italian. You just said that's a my boy. My boy. <laughs> that's a my boy. <laughs> like, um, so again, I liked every this issue, but like it didn't earn itself. Like no, if we saw his flashbacks four issues ago and we've been slowly giving the story, mm-hmm. that payoff would have been emotional because his friend woke up. Yeah. But we got the context of the story in the beginning of the same issue. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't care for it. I gave it two X's. I gave it three X's because I, yeah. I did enjoy it as a whole. I felt it worked a lot better than some of the last few issues we've had. Yeah, I think one X was just that it was marginally better than last week <laughs> or whatever, whenever we read the last one. I give that one three X's. You give it what two X's? Dose X's from me, pal. All right. Next up, we have X Men number seventeen by Jonathan Hickman. By Jonathan Hickman and Brett Booth, 
Yeah, I knew that right away when I yeah. opened the fucking page. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, he's back. That was real jarring for me. I'm like, wait a minute, what are we doing right now? Like, this art's really, like, it was weird because this art worked so well in the X-Men Legends book and did not work for me at all in this fucking issue. I, I agree with you. I, I do think it was a little jarring because it doesn't, like, it, it feels so vastly different from the current Krakoa that we're used to seeing depicted. Um, so the art does work for me in the sense, though, that this is very much a book that is playing off of the 90s lore. Yes. You know, like this is, this, is, this is an homage to the 90s space epics in yeah. X-Men. So we start off in Shi'ar space or some some space. We start off in space. Yeah. We learn that and, and maybe this is happening and I, and I didn't know. So I apologize if this was something going on. And I didn't know about it until now. But apparently there's been like a big financial collapse between all the empires of space. They usually had some kind of like joint currency or joint trade that usually kept them all within line but apparently there's it that's collapsing so the well, creed the scroll, of we only what? knew about oh, within the context of x-men we only knew about this new queen from the um, new mutants book yeah well she also she came yes she's yeah, she took her throne in new mutants and then she started in the gambit and rogue miniseries that was oh, okay. from a couple years ago anyway so yeah, we have what do we got? We got Shi'ar fighting Brood, fighting the Kree, fighting the Scroll, fighting the Wraith, fighting the Chimelion. So all the different space aliens that exist the in the Marvel universe are having at it. And like you just alluded to, Xandra, uh, the the new magistrix of the or magistrix in waiting of the Shi'ar Empire, is kidnapped. Deathbird, who is surprisingly the person raising Zandra to be the the queen of Shi'ar she contacts Gene Scott and, and Storm saying we need some help we need somebody who's covert I was my my paramour told me there is no one better than than you three to do this and it wasn't until that moment that I was like oh that's right she did take Sam on as her paramour <laughs> that's so I forget I fucking forgot all about that so Right off the bat, I love that Gene and Scott went into their X Factor outfits. That was again jarring, but I like it. I think I think why they're doing it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think why they're doing it is because last time they formed the X Men, they were like the X Men need to exist for things that are outside of Krakoa's um, scope, and so yeah. I think this is them. I think this is them dressing in their X Men outfits. That they're saying this is what we're going to look like when we're dressing for an X Men e expedition. Well, it is kind of reminiscent because when they made the X Factor, it was them leaving kind of the shackles of being under control of Xavier and like growing up and graduating. So yeah, like, it was yeah, it, it was, was them the idea right now. Yeah, exactly. It was their first team without Xavier's oversight. Yeah. So anyway, they those are the three that head out to Shi'ar space to save the uh, save Sandra. They enlist the help of Smasher. Um, so they go to where they go to Chandelar, where um, Sam, Bobby, and, and and Smasher all live together. Love it. So uh, about this, when we get to their text message, do we have to have a little? Um, yeah, let's do it. We want to do a dialogue. Theater? Okay. Yes. Who do you want to play? Who do you, do you think? I don't know. Do you... a black one. So you want Sam? Okay, you got to bring the. You got to bring it then for Sam. I know. I do. All right. You know what though? Actually, now you're right. 
Yeah, you do bring it out better. I think All I'll right. be I'll be on the ball. All right. A little race reversal today. Right. We'll do it. We'll do it. So let me know when you're ready. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the first Dawn of X Theater presents Bob and Sammy Home Alone 2. <laughs> Such a good fucking name. Hey, where did everyone go? <laughs> they took off for the palace. What? Without us? What the heck, man? They were in a hurry, and you, my best friend in the whole universe, you were busy taking a bath. Who does that anyway? A bath in the middle of the day. First off, I will not apologize for my hygiene, Sam. Just because one of us treats our body like a trash can doesn't mean we both should. And second, my lady makes me do it because she has a very sensitive nose and doesn't like it. And I quote, doesn't like earth smells. Plus, they're relaxing and I just really like them. Well, you do smell nice. Thank you. This is what a superhero should smell like, by the way. And speaking of superheroes, why did those idiots leave behind the two greatest superheroes of all time as apparently superhero things needed doing? Oh, I'm babysitting the kid. After all, I'm not just a superhero, Bobby. I'm a superhero dad. Listen, Sam, we've talked about this before. Our partnership transcends the social norms of what is and is not expected of normal dudes. Did I complain when you got married? No, I did not. Did I complain when you had the kid? Of course not. I'm the godfather to that kick-ass little mutant. Couldn't be happier. All I ask, and you agreed that it's not, in, it's not too much to ask, was that we maintain the incredible level of communication we've developed over the years. So when I talk, you know what I'm really saying. And when you talk, I promise to always listen. Always. Look, Bobby, you know that uh, hold that thought, Sam. I'm getting a call uh, on the space phone. And it's my money, dude, so I need to take this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was our first ever theater presentation. Don of X Theater. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. So one, I like to imagine that that is a reconstruction of the conversation from Sam's perspective. <laughs> that that like it was not verbatim, but that is how Sam recalls it happening. <laughs> Very possible. Um, anyway, so... Hi, listener. Quick, uh, quick update. I realized during the editing of this that I kept mixing up Bobby and Sam's name every time I said Sam. Clearly, I meant Sunspot, Bobby, and uh, my apologies. Uh, Storm, Gene, and Cyclops enlist. We need a book for both of them. Just give them their own book. For together. real. And Jonathan Hickman needs to write it. Yes, because he's been writing them together since Avengers. Yes. He put them and, on Avengers team. And yeah, he goes. clearly loves those two together. I love it. So. <laughs> Uh, they they enlist the, the help of one of the super guardian smasher who happens to be um, Cannonball's wife, and they head off to meet Death Deathbird and figure out where the hell the Magistrix is. Jean uses her mental powers. No offense to any of the the Oracle or anyone on the uh, the super guardian team or the guardians team, and she finds out who the traitor is. It's a member of this race who i forget what it is but there's basically a race that's been more or less slaves yeah for the shiar and they're having an uprising because again the apparently there's a big ass space recession happening and you know nothing makes a uprising more than a space space recession so they hit storm and cyclops hit this guy with with their with their powers combined and and scott asked was that you or me and storm's like it's hard to tell and Jonathan Hickman truly gets the cannonball and, and sunspot relationship, but he also in, he's done this a couple times in his X-Men run really gets the, the dynamic between Scott and storm that they're very 
they're very close. They're great friends. They just, they just understand each other super well. And I like that he gets that here. So the rest of the story basically takes place wherever these, I hesitate to call them terrorists, but these uprisers, whatever they, whatever they are, these, these people having trying to have a rebellion against the Shi'ar empire. It takes yeah. place where their, their main bad guy is about to execute Zandra. And before he does, the heroes arrive and a big battle ensues, obviously. And during this battle, some of the highlights, Scott gets fucking knocked out right away. <laughs> I love that Scott gets knocked the fuck out. And it's down to Storm, Smasher, and Gene to like stop this rebellion from happening while, while Scott is the one who needs safety. <laughs> like, I, I love that fucking dynamic. Also, watching Scott get hit in the back of the head and go, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so two, two highlights I want to take away from this. Um, Smasher apparently has a bunch of clones of herself or, or robot versions of herself that yes. uh, she, she calls on, on um, Sam to release. When she calls Sam, of course, Bobby picks up the phone and gives her a hard time. Um, I love that. I love it again. It's another perfect moment of all of them. And what was the, it like... Uh, um, <laughs> I, I made a lot of money. It was like diversifying my bonds, whatever that whatever means. that. Yeah, he's trying to talk to Smasher about how much money he's making right now. Sam is like, hey, why is my wife on the phone? Bobby says, go away. I'm talking about money. This is very important. <laughs> it's also stupid. Um, but the other and more important part of the fight I want to point out is that the bad guy is about to execute Xandra when Storm stops him like a big lightning bolt and then literally like just wipes him out with another lightning bolt. So she literally saves Andrew's life, which comes up later when we see them all at court, like very end of star Wars scene, everybody's getting their medals. <laughs> and she says to storm, yeah. I, I owe you a favor and whatever you want that favor to be call on it. I owe you a debt. They have been building up to storm going to space so much and now here it is this is it and i'm so excited i cannot wait for to see what the fuck storm is getting up to in space and yeah. i hope that's it i hope that's her own book i heard oh, somewhere boy. that she was supposed to get a book at some point so that's basically the book they saved the shiar empire storm is now uh now has a favor to pull with the fucking queen of the shiar empire yeah and we're good to go I gave it four X's, man. I love the Shi'ar. I love, I, I love the '90s feel of it. I like Xandra as a character. I really like her learning from Deathbird, but also being a very sweet character who's like, like shares a genetic bond with Xavier and and Leandra. Yeah. So like I, she has that empathy, but she's also growing up I with like Deathbird. That moment of giving the punishment to the main bad guy of like hypocrisy is probably a, a worse punishment. Of, yes. Know, make, yeah. Making him, me, making him serve our people. Yeah. I did like that. Um, I don't know. This issue just didn't really work for me. That's I gave fair. it three X's. Like it wasn't bad, but like compared to the previous X issues and also especially I want this next issue to be about what the hell's happened with Koa and everything with the new mutants, like the literal new mutants and all that stuff. I want it to be more about the greater scheme I know. of the X-Men universe. But we yeah. also know Hickman does I mean, yeah, does not do that. No. He'll give you two issues, and then he'll say, wait till next time. At any point, is this, is this X-Men series going to be a continuing story, or is it just going to be a bunch of, like loosely string to get strung together like vignettes you know what i mean like so 
I, I know some people obviously were, were not too far behind, but a little behind. Yeah, we but, haven't uh, read 18 yet. We haven't seen what's yeah, going on with I the know children. Some the big Volt. stuff happens with the Volt and everything. Yeah, and that, again, that was started in the giant size book, continued in X Men book, but like he throws it around almost like, hey, if you're not watching every episode, you're mm-hmm. not going to get everything. Too bad. I'm, like, I'm, I'm fairly certain those motherfuckers went in the Vault in our time like a year ago. Not too far off. Yeah. If not a year ago, yeah, which also means like a thousand years past in the vault. Which or whatever. God only knows how long they've been in there. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Anyway, that's my X Men. We have my favorite book of the batch, and again, one of the books that's becoming one of my top threes every time we go through it. Hellions number nine. Oh boy! So <laughs> we have the return of Mastermind, who I actually think came back in Giant Size X Men. He was like in the background. Oh, uh, okay. The, the Nightcrawler issue where they went back to the X Mansion. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I think he was there because they they saved master the female his daughter the female mastermind lady mastermind I remember that yeah, yeah. and I think he was at the end of it too okay. revealing that he's around too so it starts off with mastermind and <laughs> and Mister Sinister talking about making a deal together in the meantime he smells something it's Sinister's uh, cape and Sinister explains hey. It's a little musty, but I can't leave it outside or I wouldn't be wearing a cape. So, you know, that's what it is. It's so funny. God, Sinister is so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff is great, but he's trying to make a plan with Mastermind. And instead, Mastermind just poisons him. So cut to Nanny or Orphan Maker, or sorry, Orphan Maker coming back with a new suit. But also, if you remember, he died like uh, Wild Child and Orphan and uh, Nanny. He died in the other other realm in Araco, right? In Arak and Araco, whatever. He died there, meaning he comes back a little different, just like uh, Wild Child's a little older and a little more mature, but like his powers developed a little more. Um, Nanny is a little bigger and needs a different suit. And now Orphan Maker says this suit is too tight, and he's a little more aggressive. And um, Nanny says, well, later I'll make you, I'll try and make it a little bigger for you. And he says, not now, dummy. It hurts. Like, fix it right now, not later. And she's like, oh, maybe you don't need me after all. And he says, no, 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 wait, sorry. My bad. I didn't mean to do that. Like, I do need you. Please help me with the suit. And she's like, again, later. And then he follows her. And he says, like, you're getting too old to see me change and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And she has a new baby, this weird robot organic hybrid thing yeah he tells later in the book she says like don't mention that shut up (laughs) but he's a little more aggressive then we cut to the rest of the team again a a weird team that i just like i just like this fucking team yeah they're good havoc and wild child trying to get dominance over everyone and um uh, gray crow just saying like hey calm down you didn't find that girl yet did you he's like (laughs) no Love that, but easily. My favorite fucking part of this whole book is next. When Sage says, Hey, we have a big issue, one of your members is gone. <laughs> and you can even you can even feel like they're like, who's missing? Yeah, his sister was uh killed. Was it say killed or kidnapped? Abducted. Abducted. And <laughs> they all just start laughing. And then when I think Grey Crow started laughing first, and Havoc's like, you can't do that, or I'm gonna start laughing. <laughs> and then they all start laughing because they don't give a fuck what happened to Sinister. Only Psylocke, which we know why, but only yeah. Psylocke gives a shit, and the rest of them are in full unison 
empath gray crow wild child laughing because they couldn't give two shits about what happens to sinister even though when stage makes a statement about it she says oh they're so worried uh you know like maybe not yeah. emotionally but it's pride and all this yeah she lies she lies in a report about why they should go which makes sense in a little bit yeah and then we cut to the team going through the gate in new york they meet up with uh mastermind thinking he's just representing the hellfire club they get into a limousine they're talking with him and then shit gets real real trippy where he's like well how do you even know you're in this here how do you know when you talk to sage you're even talking to her how do you know where you are at all then they're in a boat then they're in a plane they said uh, Havoc and Grey Crow say, hey, enough of this shit. Like, yeah, I agree. Which I like this bond growing between those two. Yeah. Like, this, like they're all kind of, other than Empath, they all agree they don't like Empath, but he's there. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are kind of becoming like brothers in a weird way. And I do like that. Um, in the meantime, when they're about to attack Mastermind, um, ha- Grey Crow's gun disappears. Havoc can't shoot his energy beams. And again, this is all in their mind. We don't know what's real and yeah. what's not which I love. That's one of his... That's why I always felt make him different from just being a regular telepath. His specialty is just fucking with your head. Yeah, he he makes makes you believe whatever he wants you to believe is true. You know what I mean? Like, you feel it. It's a reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, it's not an outside reality. It's a reality in your head, though. Not like like Jamie Braddock or, or some of the other reality warpers. Like, his is, like, just within your brain. Which is almost just as dangerous because... Frankly, yeah. Uh, they wake up with falling out of this plane through the sky, hitting the ground, dying. And then it cuts to a uh, mastermind kind of just saying, okay, I knocked them out. They're gone. Like they're not dead, but they're knocked out for now. And what I liked is he looked tired. Like that took a lot out of me. Yeah. Fucking the mind over of like five different people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, did, it did drain him a little bit. And then it ends with the mastermind of this, not mastermind, but arcade. Classic okay. X-Men and other storylines, but classic X-Men villain Arcade. I can't believe fucking Arcade is back, and I can't believe I'm excited. I'm so excited. This is going to get so wild. Yeah. Sinister chained up in a box, and Arcade, I don't know who the woman is next to him. I forget. her. I, I think it's somebody who's usually with him. I forget yeah. her name, though. But we have Arcade, someone who loves fucking with people, mm-hmm. and then Mastermind, who loves fucking with people. And they have Sinister, who loves fucking with people. Yeah, but now he's in trouble. Yeah, now it's, they're fucking with him. I wonder how they're going to change the stakes of this this um, storyline, because it's like, what are you going to do? Kill them? They can just get resurrected. So no. I feel like there's more to it. No, they can just keep making them think they die, though. <laughs> like, yes. But I mean, like, why? What's the purpose of all this? Because they suck. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Arcade is an assassin. That's what we have to remember, though. Arcade by someone else. Usually yes, the arcade is always used for somebody else. So somebody else is doing this. Yeah. And we don't know why. All I right, gave so it four I'll X's. I gave that five X's. I just love the chemistry of yeah, these it's, I love the it's a good one. I just I I I so far that hasn't been a bad issue of this book. I, I don't think so it. either. Yeah. I get five X's. So next up we got X Factor number seven. X Factor number seven. So first off the bat, I got to say this, this and Excalibur might be my favorite, like of the artist. And then like when, whenever Marauders has, what's his name? 
because Marauders doesn't always have the the main guy. But Marcus yeah. Tao does um, Excalibur, and I think what's his Baldion is the last name. What's the artist's first name in this book? And, and what X Factor? Yeah, I found it. Uh, David Baldion is the artist of X Factor. I really love the art in X Factor. Even when I'm not feeling the story for whatever reason, I really always love this art. And it matches the story so fucking well. It doesn't match the story. It matches the vibe of the story. Exactly. It's so good. Um, So anyway, X Factor 7 starts off with um, Prodigy getting a shit ton of calls from uh, Tommy, whose codename I forget now. What is... What are they called? Speed. Okay. Um, Yeah, I didn't know Speed was... I knew Wiccan, of course, is gay. He's married to Hulkling. I didn't know Speed was gay. I I honestly didn't know either, so learning it now. But... So he's calling, he's calling Prodigy a million times a minute. Um, and then when he finally picks up, Tommy is talking to him on the phone, but also rushes there at the same time because God, God loves speedsters. <laughs> and he tells him that, hey, you thought you died when one like attacked the, the Xavier compact, com- compound, which I believe was what during Rosenberg's run, right? Is what yes. he's referring to. So, so like but he's saying you you didn't because that same day there was this picture of us together like we were somewhere else and he shows him a picture of them kissing and so now he doesn't know where when he died and why he was resurrected so he contacts the five and they send him what i believe needs to be read so wait, wait, sir, is it gonna be two of him that's what i'm wondering it's what's about to happen and the, also so this made me think a lot because remember during Rosenberg's run, remember how mad we kept getting because just mutants just kept dying. Yeah. Like every issue they were just killing people for yeah. no reason. And like, like some, some people just died and you never saw them die. Like yeah. we just heard later they were dead. Like hmm. that might be uh, coming back now. Yeah, just, like, just that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, Holy shit. I just now thought of that. So anyway, he, Elixir writes and says, uh, so this was during a time when we didn't really have any reports of death. X-Factor X, X didn't exist. We were basically going off of everything that Wolverine and Cyclops said. Like, oh, we like these are the people that Wolverine and Cyclops said were killed. So we brought them back because we trusted their words. How much do you think Xavier had to do with this shit? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, this is going to come up. This is going to be a fucking issue there's definitely gonna be a situation where there's two people because they didn't know someone was dead for sure mm-hmm. that's gonna be a whole ethical debate <laughs> like oh we have but w- one of those people is rain rain sinclair was somebody else they brought back without seeing a body yeah but we saw her die it was it made us angry remember we but we didn't we saw somebody's telling of it i mean i think there was a body but there was a body i believe yeah. they buried it but no we did not see her die so the the story follows that uh dakin is still like got got feelings for aurora they're they're having their moments and dakin is then sent on before he can kiss the girl he's sent on a mission from north star to trail siren they basically want to figure out why what is going on with Siren? She's lying to us. She's dying a bunch. What's going on? Follow her, figure out what's going on and take these seeds that Forge created so that you can stay in contact with us. Yes, because he doesn't have a phone. <laughs> but Dakin does not take that. And if you recall from the last X Factor, Siren is actually possessed by the Morrigan, which I don't really know much about, but it's a, I know of the 
the lore in basic I- Irish well, literature. They go over right? a little bit in this issue. Yeah, too. and they, so I don't really know the history in X-Men. But yeah. anyway, so the Morrigan has possessed Siren or is impersonating Siren. I, I don't know one or the other. But this is she, a shapeshifter. So like, but also yeah. she's infected. So I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I think she's just in the form of Siren. Okay. Um, so she, she basically tricks Lorna and makes Lorna sabotage everything that's going on related to the Morrigan. So every time that Dakin calls to give an update, Polaris is the one who picks up the phone and then tells everyone else the opposite of whatever Dakin is telling her. So they think nothing suspicious is happening when in reality, Dakin is getting the runaround from Siren. And we'll see in a couple minutes that that's because she's setting him up. And all the while, iBoy can tell that Polaris is lying, but he doesn't really say anything. He just thinks it to himself. Like, why is she lying? And so what comes of that is the Morrigan basically lures lures Dakin somewhere in like the North Pole or some shit yeah. some 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 very Wolverine environment yeah it was very Wolverine yeah <laughs> and like basically gets in his head and like emotionally tortures him by saying your friends don't love you no one loves you no one's coming for you she basically very much manipulates him and makes him think based on what she did with Polaris which he was getting the sense that Polaris was just hanging up on him not taking his calls yeah. Like he got the sense that nobody liked him before he left too, you know, like he's, he's felt like an outsider already. And Morgan is really playing up on this and he's just depressed and feels like no one's coming and she kills him, which she thinks she kills him. But yeah. as we know, he can heal. So he's just impaled on like this fucking spike in the middle of nowhere. For a few days, right? For a few days before finally, iBoy says, no, Polaris is lying. Why is she lying about this? And and then um, uh, Northstar says to to Rachel, one of my favorite lines: "Fix it, get it out of her head, whatever the hell it is. Snap, go!" <laughs> like, and Rachel just, I'm gonna. Ha- I took a screenshot. This is one of my favorite. It's Rachel pulling something out of Lorna's head, and she says to her, "I'll be quick." And Lorna says, "Bet you say that to all the girls." And <laughs> Rachel's response is just snort. <laughs> like it's so funny i just love she's like even in this moment she's like ah, oh, that's pretty funny <laughs> like so she discovers that she's been hexed by morgan she learns really what dakin has been telling her but she hasn't been relaying and so north star based on where the last update he got from dakin he triangulates everything runs around the entire continent until he finds him and saves him tells him no of course i of course i care about you i just literally ran across the entire continent to try to find you i'm sorry i wasn't here sooner i would have been like you're a member of our team like that moment of like no you're not forgotten you are part of our team was so sweet it was good yeah and then they had then as he's healing in a bath in a in a hot tub um a fully dressed aurora gets in the water um and they have a really uh sexy moment with each other and then of course north star screams for another person to come see him again which is his thing he's just the dad of the house and just is always yelling oh, yeah. at people to come and then we just cut to later that night and it's pitch dark it's crazy dakin prodigy and ivor are hiding saying we need to turn off that tv otherwise she's going to know we're down here and 
iBoy's like, she's already killed Rachel. She's killed Polaris. We're the last ones left. Everyone else is dead. And there's and this, this is a horror movie all of a sudden. Like. Yes. And there's in, in this, what we see is I believe Aurora and Quicksilver. Yeah. Aurora and Quicksilver, like dead or not Quicksilver, North star dead, yeah. like facing each other with these like uh, flower crowns on their heads. It was very like Celtic ritual. Cult. Exactly. And a Celtic knot, like the Morrigan yeah. symbol, like beneath them. And that's how it ends with uh what the fuck happened <laughs> yeah so yeah so huge cliffhanger this gave me a lot of this issue gave me a lot of different things because i feel like the writer really at her core wants to write a book about people who live in a house and talk and go through drama yes. and then is forced to tell a story about x-men yes and then is trying to meet in the middle but yes. really just wants to tell a story about people who live in a house and talk 100 and I I like the character development and there's good moments, mm. but when it's like 70% of the book, I don't love it. And then I want to know more about this other shit. Like yeah. when we get to stuff about the bad guy, like she's really good at writing these also X-Men stories. And like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to find her balance because sometimes I'm like, I find myself kind of skimming through the clever, witty Josh yeah. conversation. Yeah, I... I we've said it before i really like this book i really do and i really like leah williams writing and i I think i think she's fucking killing it on this book my problem is the same thing that kind of happens in the marvel movies it's the thing that kind of happens a lot now in ensembles where everyone is funny everyone is witty everyone has everyone has a quick comeback within seconds like polaris is uh, I'm sure you say that to all the girls. Like, as much as I like that line, like, she's being mind controlled right now, and she had enough wit to say that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it's yeah. a little, it's a little, it's a little much. I think I, I do enjoy it. I do love a good soap opera X Men story. It's one of the reasons I love the X Men is because oh, yeah, yeah, sure. of the personal dynamics between everyone. But I agree with you. I think, I think when she's doing the the everyone the 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 real world story the the everyone lives in the same house together story yeah um i i find it entertaining but it's also like she's cramming in too much too fast and everyone almost has the same personality it's like when everyone is the cool hipster no one's cool yeah and like, it just becomes competitive which is which is i i guess one of the things which is yeah everyone's cool in their own right i'm not saying no one's not cool <laughs> They're all cool characters. They're all mutants. So they're naturally cool. Yeah. But like well, when they're cool hipsters, no one they're unique. all roughly the same. They yeah. all are roughly the same level of humor, the same cadence almost. Like they all like you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. not a whole lot of difference between the way they talk. Well, it's like a comedy act. You need the straight man in the group. And I feel like no one's the straight man. Sometimes it's North Star, but even not even, even he then, has yeah. his moments though where he's funny. Yeah. So like if anyone, I feel like maybe Rachel should be, ironically, the straight man in the group and like be more stoic. Like, I feel like you, you need, like you said, not everyone can feel the same, but everyone does. That's what brings the book down for me. Yeah. What brings it back up is the actual main arcs of like mm-hmm. this bad guy. And it's like, oh, wow. Why are we just like this book could have been really special if half of it was the story with um, Dakin and half of it became a fucking horror story. Yeah, I do like the way it ended, though, like just out of nowhere, like, oh, my God, what the fuck just happened? 
I would have liked a little more lead into that, I think, because it was so powerful. But it was, I, it is, it did make me very excited to read the next one. I'll tell you that. And then a part of me also goes like, did we just like drop the whole Mojo verse story? Like, are we ever gonna touch on that again? Like, is that an issue that we're gonna? Talk I, about? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Once the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would hope so because it, we learned that there are mutants being held captive in Mojo. <laughs> yeah, this is important. This is a good. That seems like something we should take care of. Yeah. So, I gave it three and a half. I believe I gave it four. I did indeed give it four X's. All right. Next up, we have Excalibur number um, 18. 18. I look at 17. I almost had it. All right. So honestly, I think this might be my favorite of this, this batch. So From the way you're talking, I might end up getting the trade when it comes out and just burning through it. Yeah. It, it's, I, I think I, I'm, I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say that. Teeny Howard has found her footing with this Excalibur now. Mm-hmm. And now that she's not being forced to try to make things fit into an upcoming uh, mega series, I think it's, I think the story is getting a lot better. Yeah. And I think, I think Excalibur might've suffered from the fact that they wanted it to lead into X of swords. And it kind of like got a little much to keep track of. Yeah. Um, so we start in Otherworld where Saturnine is literally just pouting, dude. She's just sitting in a dilapidated room, uh, three empty wine glasses around her. She is just still mad that Brian's not there. <laughs> She's still upset. So um, she gets a letter from Krakoa and we don't really know what it says. I'm assuming it's a petition about Oh, we, we do find out later, but we, we don't really know at this moment why. But Saturnine writes Krakoa back very quickly. And she writes, she, we know she's writing this, but she's writing a letter back to them as though somebody else is writing it on her behalf because she's too busy. So, so Saturnine basically tells uh, Krakoa that she can't help them because she's very busy and um, these matters, matters that are brought to Saturn, I need to be brought by that reality's Captain Britain. And unfortunately right now, your reality doesn't have a Captain Britain, so I can't hear you, bye. <laughs> and so she's just being like a petty bitch still about fucking Betsy and it's really funny. Um, so we open where we left off with Betsy kind of just standing on the shores looking like off in the distance and we don't really know what's going on why she's acting very weird now that she's back rogue and rachel are having a conversation about her acting weird and rachel basically says listen i can't sit here and babysit everybody all day um i have to go babysit other people now so she has rogue take some of her psychic powers from her and she says this will be enough for a few days for you to like keep an eye on things psychically around here too because rogue is saying that she thinks this isn't Betsy. She's like, I don't think this is Betsy. I don't think this is our Betsy that came back. Rachel is saying, from what I can see in her head, I think it might be. So there's like, no one knows for sure. Then Emma comes up and says, excuse me, motherfuckers, Betsy's back and no one decided to tell me. And at this moment, fucking Richter and and Gambit come running down from the lighthouse screaming, we tried to stop her. We tried to stop her. And, and Emma just shoots them a look and she's like, you tried to stop me? And, Rick, and Richter's like, not stop. 
stall we tried to stall you we tried to stall (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny and um so she emma has a conversation with betsy betsy tells her i'm not going to the council to report right now i'm doing what i i don't want to talk to anybody and she goes back into the lighthouse emma tells the excalibur gang um she needs to debrief in front of the council she's got two days and then she needs to come to us they have the next thing we have is we they're meeting for dinner. They're finally getting into the episode or the issue. I'm really loving this because now they all fucking live at the lighthouse, which is what Excalibur should be. Yeah. And so they're all in the lighthouse. They're sitting down for dinner, which was obviously Gambit's idea. Um, <laughs> as we and, know from the animated series, of course. As we know from just honestly all of Gambit. Gambit loves a good meal. Gambit loves to make meals. He's actually not doing the cooking in this one. He's already just sitting down ready to eat. Um, his cats are just everywhere now in this lighthouse. Like every scene within the lighthouse, there's a cat somewhere in it. <laughs> um, so Betsy's not with them though. Betsy's still being aloof. She's still not wanting to, to be with them. And then the little kid whose name I forget now. Um, no, Brian, Brian and Megan's kid. Oh, uh, yeah. She comes running through the gate into the lighthouse just to talk to everybody and she sees betsy and she's like oh my god aunt my aunt's here and then she runs back through the gate to get brian and brian's like what the fuck is going on why didn't anybody tell me my sister's back uh betsy takes off she doesn't want to talk to brian brian's mad at the everyone for not telling him anything and then later that night she and he and rogue have a talk like and he's like rogue i gotta be honest with you i don't even think that's my sister and rogue's like i don't think so either but no one else believes me and so right now it's Brian hmm. and Rogue are the only ones who think that Betsy is not truly Betsy. And in this moment, you see Betsy lurking around in dark corners, listening to them talk. And so everyone goes to bed and Betsy takes over uh, Brian's brain while he's sleeping and makes him walk sure. like she walks him through the, a gate through Avalon, I believe. It looks like Avalon. He, yeah, he, she walks her back through Avalon and I don't know, and like brings him back to his home in Avalon. And then she just tells Rogue to wake up and says tag. And then Betsy runs through a gate and Rogue is like, what the fuck is happening? I, I feel like Betsy was just in my head. I got to go. So she, Rogue's like, something's up. Brian's missing. Betsy was just in my head. She's missing. Everyone, here's our mission. So, Rogan and Richter are heading back to Krakoa to find Betsy. Uh, Remy is going to go to Avalon to see if Brian's there and talk to, to Jamie. And uh, Jubilee is going to hang out and take care of the kid. So those, those are what's going on. And Richter has this big fucking scene when they get back to Krakoa where he is basically like, we got to go find these magic books. He goes back to like Apocalypse's lab. And like just starts talking to Rogue about the importance of mutant magic and like how we were denied this part of our culture because we lived in a human world. But like we have our own world now. The next generation is going to like learn that magic is real and the mutants are a magical creature. And like he's like fucking like full on like apocalypse level belief in in this stuff. And Rogue is like, I don't know, dude, you really believe in magic? He's like, what the fuck do you think the five are? if not a cult like or not like a coven bringing stuff together he's like that is mutant magic and she's like huh okay maybe you're right 
And the other story going on right now is Remy and Jamie are hanging out. So Gambit and fucking weird ass Jamie are talking and Gambit's like, Hey, did you see Brian? He's like, yeah, he's sleeping in his room. He's like, you didn't happen to see Betsy. Did you? And Jamie's like, I'm sorry. Is Betsy back? And no one told me. And Gambit's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. She's back. Um, I need your help. And so like, they just start like, he, Jamie takes him down to like, he's like, I got a, he's like, I got, he tells him, he's like, I had nothing to do with this. He's like, why does everybody think if, if a Betsy's around and there's a body, it's not me. I didn't make a body. I didn't make any Betsy body. And Remy's like, why do you keep saying that? He's like, okay, all right. I made a body, but it's not the right, but it's not the same one. <laughs> he's like, come here, I'll show you. And so he walks him through the lab and while, <laughs> while he's walking him through Gambit finds that he still has Morgan Le Fay held captive from the beginning <laughs> and he's like dude what are you doing with her locked down here and he's like if i let her go she's going to take over avalon and get that get that cult to come back here and try to wipe us out like I, what do you want me to do remy and remy's like okay we'll deal with this later and he just puts him he just walks <laughs> remy's like all right fine and he just walks away and jamie was like <laughs> Jamie's like, okay, so here's where I have the body. And he throws open this like apocalypse looking like tomb where he was storing the a, a husk of of, sil- of of Betsy's body and it's empty. And Jamie's like, well, this is <laughs> unexpected. The end is Rogue and Richter finding these, uh, this writing that apocalypse has left behind in his tombs and his, his lab or whatever the fuck he was doing this magic from. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what it says, but Richter will get it to cipher in a minute and I'll, and I'll tell you what it says. But while they're doing this, they're attacked by Betsy, who's in her Captain Britain outfit. And she's about to kill Rogue with her Citadel sword, uh, psychic sword thing, yeah. when Psylocke, Kowanin, tackles her and says, uh, I don't know what's going on. That's not Betsy. <laughs> what's happening here and so like the story kind of ends with that with Kawanin saving the day and them and now it's confirmed even from Kawanin saying I don't know who that is but it's not Betsy and so <clears throat> the end is a is a data page so Richter sends the the writing over to cipher to to cipher and it's a will it's apocalypse left a will behind and it's to Richter and he <laughs> leave, he leaves him everything he leaves him all of his magic stuff. He leaves him all of his writings, everything. And he tells him that I'm doing this because Richter, you are the only one of us who is truly connected to the earth. And like, now that we have this homeland and we have, we've never been more connected to the earth and you have never been more important because you are the one who can speak the language of the earth. You can feel the earth and you can feel this magic. And this is why I'm leaving all of this to you, all of our history and all of our future is now in your hands, Richter. And that is basically his will. And he gives everything to Richter. And that's how the story ends. That sounds pretty cool. It's fucking crazy. Excalibur is getting really good. I really like Excalibur right now. All right. All right. Sounds good. I gave it five X's. Five X's. All right. Do you know what books we're going to be doing next? The next five? I, I happen to. So we will be doing Sword number three, X-Force number 17, Cable number eight, Marauders 18, that's four, right? 
And so then the fifth one would be New Mutant 16. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our reviews of all the WandaVision stuff. And if you guys want to talk to us online, where can they find you, Josh? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. You can find me at Madman3005. And don't forget, really soon, if you want to join now, you can. You can find me at the MCU guy on YouTube. Yeah, I'm going to go follow. I'm going to hit that follow button, that smash that subscribe button. Is that what they say? Sure. Is that what you're supposed to I tried to say that in my videos because, like, you know what to do. You've used YouTube, you know? Yeah. Go do that, everybody. Go subscribe to this thing. I want. I'm gonna watch it too. <laughs> Sorry, Josh is watching me react to something in wrestling. Anywho, oh, okay. <laughs> so until I, then, for a minute, I thought you were just excited that I was gonna watch your videos. <laughs> <laughs> until then, guys, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.